today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Katie here. And Jason. Okay, so the queen uh, is buried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm making news. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I am surprised that, and I know that she was beloved in England, but still, I'm so not used to seeing a country come together because of where we live that it's really stunning to me. I think if I would have seen this 20 years ago, I'd say I wouldn't be surprised, but I am so stunned that anybody can, a whole country can come together over anything. When you watch this from afar, it really struck me about us. I mean, it really struck me about us as much as it did them. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I mean, the streets were just packed and everyone, it seemed very like a loving environment, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like if that happened here, it would be, it would not, ha- it'd be, it'd be so crazy. It'd be 50% of the people protesting. Right. <laughs> what, what, about what here death. would bring people together? Well, it not, would, 9-11 any, sort of had that impact, right? I'm not, that may, was the last maybe time. you don't want to compare the, the yeah. scales, but that was the last time yeah. we were together and that's a foreign attack. And, yeah. and so that's, that, that is the kind of thing that brings people together. But the death of anyone person would never bring everybody together. I mean, you, 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 we we weren't alive, but you were for the Kennedy assassination. Did that have the oh god? Impact? Oh, it brought people together. God, yes. I mean, there were obviously dissenters, but but no, 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 no. It was. It, it, I mean, it became maybe the biggest single event in my lifetime. Right. I, mean, it, 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 I think it may have been the biggest single event in my lifetime. I remember. I was only thirteen years old, but I remember just being glued to the television, and everybody was. I mean, everybody was part of that. Right. I mean, it was really shocking. You know, and you're right, 9-11, but what else? I mean, and for, I mean, forgetting think, about yeah. the history, just think about the last, like, six years in this country. I mean, I was watching this with envy. I, I was actually, wa- <laughs> no, I really mean it. I was watching, and at first I thought, oh my God, look at all this pageantry. At On a level, I thought this is kind of ridiculous. But then I started changing my mind and just watching how, you know, people there felt this way. All of them seemed to feel this way about her. And I just thought, God, this is such a good thing that there's some unifying principle or person in a country that well, and we, you, we just don't have it. Let me ask you a question. So so she was she reigned for 70 years and now she's gone and a far less popular uh, heir is now taking the yeah, throne. Yeah, for sure. Is this unique to her, or does it say something about British society versus American society? I don't know. I mean, you look at Diana. She brought the country together. Um, I think William could be a unifying force if he plays it right. So so it's an American thing It's, it's it, that, that we just don't have. It's not just a unifying individual. We had... We've had leaders from every spectrum of the poli- politi- every part of the political spectrum. I don't think any of them would have brought people together in this way. And you know, so but, it's but not uniquely American. But part of it too it. is that presidents come and go, and yeah. she was there for seventy years, so she is the constant for just about everybody who's alive in England right now. Right. And I think that's probably different. But again, you know, usually when people are there for any length of time, people they become somewhat unpopular. That it's really hard to navigate that. Yeah. And the queen had her issues. I mean, during Diana's death, she was, people were really angry so, at her. Right. If she died 20 years ago, 
it might have been a slightly different reaction, right? Because she was not nearly as popular 20 years ago as she became. But she ri- she righted the ship, yeah. which is really interesting that, you know, a lot of people, once they fall out of grace, it's hard to recover. She did. And I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of, I, I, I got nothing just else. the tradition, too, and the ritual of it, of like, you're, you know, it's been around for so long that you just want to go and be a part of history. And people are happy to stand on the street and wait for hours and be a part of that. I think there is something to that. The tradition the that tradition. the British have. And yeah. They feel it as part of their national identity. I think mm-hmm. there's something there. Yeah, but I think the tradition to me is a little arcane. But it's that they love her. They love her. Well, then you're saying it's just about her. I, it, it kind of is. I think it, it's yeah. equal parts. Do you think it's going to be the same with Charles? He's uniquely unpopular, it seems, yeah. as, as they knew. Sorry, sorry to say, you know, how they felt about people in the past, but. She was really popular. But the photo, okay. the photo I saw of him where he had the tears in his eyes made me soften on him a little. You know what? This uh, is a you good... You an easy mark. One, <laughs> just one, one photo one, out of time. One single tear. I'm like, pinned, okay, I forgive you for all of your pen. <laughs> you know, maybe this is a good transition. Um, Tom Hanks having lunch with Tim Allen. I was really struck by this. I was struck by it for a couple of reasons because of this very thing that as soon as I saw it, I mean, a lot of people were saying, oh, wow, there's going to be a sequel to Toy Story. That's what everybody was saying. What I was thinking was these two guys who have vastly different political views can come together, sit down, have a meal and be friends. And that's something that isn't happening a lot these days. And I loved that they were doing it and they weren't doing it for publicity. These are two guys who don't court the cameras like a thousand other people that we cover at TMZ where they court the cameras and then pretend, how sure. dare you shoot me? You know, it's like, right, right, right. they don't court the cameras. So it wasn't like it was staged. I don't know. There was something about it that I thought was just wonderful. Well, what it could have been about it is that they all would stand, both would stand to make nine figures from it. I mean, not to be I too mean, that's the, cynic. But that's the way most people are looking at it. Yeah. I'm looking at it like these are <laughs> Americans two. Americans coming together? Well, these are two guys, yeah. who, you know, who one guy is really conservative and one guy is liberal. Yeah. And it it's like, that's what America used to be. That, but I feel like people still do that. Don't you have friends no. that you go out to dinner with and you do political, you debate them politically and you can still like. At the end of the meet, you have a nice time during dinner, or yeah. maybe you go out with friends and you don't talk about it. I feel like that still happens. I think yeah. it happens less and less and yeah, less. I don't like really, it very much. Yeah. That's so funny. No, but but seriously, if you had a, a hardcore right wing anti choice uh, uh, person on the other side of the table, it'd be hard to have dinner with them. It de- it depends how long we've been friends for. These yeah. guys have been friends for a long time. Tom Hanks went to bat for Tim Allen when he didn't do the sequel for um, Toy true. Story. He, and by the way, there are a lot of people who think he didn't do that because of his political views. They didn't align with Hollywood. And Tom Hanks still went to bat for him in a magazine um, so or in an, an interview. But I like that. I mean, I just like that, you know, because uh, I, I think, listen, we, we've put polls on the website. Could you be friends with somebody on the other side of the polit- political spectrum? And people say no. They say absolutely not. It is a deal breaker in this country, and it's that's a new thing, by the way. That's that never existed through the eighties, nineties, two thousands. You never saw that. That is a new phenomenon. The last six years, frankly, and and I'm not blaming anybody in particular, but we have. Oh, gee, what happened six years ago? No, hmm. but but Trump takes office <laughs> and yeah. people entrenched right six years ago, and you couldn't be friends with somebody who was a Trump supporter, and a Trump supporter could not be friends with a non-Trump supporter, and he is. For better or worse, I'm not I'm honestly not trying to blame anybody. He is the divisive figure because you are for him or you are against him, and we have take we have 
taking those lines in this country. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> I had um, like drinks with somebody yesterday with with this family that I know, and we were talking about this. And I, I, I don't know. I think the weird thing is, is that, you know, there are people who support Donald Trump who are not necessarily racist or bigoted, sure. but they do it for other reasons. But it's hard to understand that when the person they support em, embraces views that are so anti-democratic. And I'm not talking the party. I'm talking yeah. small d that. It, it's hard, you know, he's made it hard for people to embrace people who support him because right. how extreme and dangerous and damaging But I certainly is. know people who hold their nose to vote for him. Like, look, I'm small government. I believe no, in I understand low taxes, that. and therefore I can't possibly vote for a Democrat, especially one like Hillary Clinton who was so divisive or by Joe Biden who I think is too old and therefore I held my nose and voted for him because it's my civic duty to vote for somebody. Those people, that's fine. No, 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 I that's get fine. it. It's just it's still hard though because of the bigger issues yeah, yeah, hand, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's really it's become, hard. It's yeah. hard because yeah. it's become. And he just leans in the, it, it's like, I, it's unbelievable to me. I'm sorry, I don't want to get off on this because, you know, it, this has been done to death. But it is just unbelievable to me that, I, I, I'm just being honest, that, before he became president, you know, nobody saw this. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people didn't see this, especially people who knew him. He just seemed like this laissez-faire guy. And then all of a sudden, he runs for president, and this kind of dictatorial personality comes out. I think a lot of people... I don't know. I just never saw it coming. I mean, I no. I, he fooled the people who were close to him. Larry King talked to, for, at length a before lot of the people. election about how close he was. He knew him well. He said, "Oh, as a leader, he won't govern like this." And he governed even more extreme than he had campaigned. And yeah. it just keeps yeah. going and going and. But going. I don't think yeah. Tim Allen and Tom Hanks were talking about that, right? They're like talking about their careers and. But probably is that, is what that they a bad thing? No, I think that's a good thing. That's why that's why they can sit down and. I think they were talking honestly because Buzz Lightyear was a. Abject failure at the box office, critically failed. Oh, do they, you think it's Tim Allen? It, no, no, I, I think the two of them got together because both of them had a lot of, you know, enjoyed this. It was part of, a huge part of their career, this this uh, trilogy, these movies. And they wanted to come in and save, this, save the series, save the franchise. That's what I think what brought them together. I think Tom Hanks said, Tim, let's do this. I just want right. to think they're friends. It would just make me... Then they're friends. I okay. think they're having lunch Thanks. and they're friends. Harvey, they're they best friends. friends. They have they that necklace friends. where the heart splits down the middle and they each have one. give each other their kids yeah. after they die, yeah. the whole That's thing. So what you're really friends. saying is they, they turned around they're as they walked away and said, see you later, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Ragaton's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Ragaton is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Uh, okay, Kanye West. This is interesting to me. So Kanye West is not engaged in this divorce. He does just, you know, he's had five lawyers. They've, you know, last one quit on him. Um, he does not want to respond to what he needs to in order for this divorce to end. Now, Kim and Kanye are divorced, but there's still custody and property settlement that they have to deal with. And he hasn't engaged and he has to file papers and do all sorts of stuff that he hasn't done. And there's a trial now set for December. And if he doesn't do it, Kim's just going to go into court and say, okay, then here's what I want. And the judge is probably going to give it to her. Now, Kanye tipped his hand on Friday. He tipped his hand about what I think is the most important part, which is, which is child custody. And here's what he said doesn't matter how much money you have, the meaning that's going to be directly your church, your, your home is your original church. So even to this day, it's like I'll still give Kim advice on things that can help because that's going to go to the kids. That's going to go right. that she's still got to, uh, you know, basically 80 percent of the time. Uh, raise those children. That's really interesting because he's never said that before. And I think that's about what's going to happen in this divorce when it's final that she's going to get around 80%. It'll be joint custody, but she has the primary physical custodian of these kids. Right. And him saying that is really significant. Even though he didn't say it in legal papers, which he's supposed to, it sounds like this can come in for a landing without a trial. I hope you're right. Uh, I, I don't, it, it, there are a couple of things that stood out to me here. Number one, he's, he's not engaging in the process. As, as we talked about in our story, he's had five lawyers. All of them have come and gone. He's an impossible client. He hasn't been able to maintain the lawyers. I hope he's able to engage in the process in a meaningful way, and I'm not sure he can. I think this thing might just keep on careening towards trial, and which is a terrible result for everybody because then you get a judge who's stuck with this, uh, this you know, without one party who's really engaging, trying to divine what's in the best interest of the kids without actually hearing from the parties. The other thing that struck me from this is that he, the way he phrased this, even to this day, I'll still give Kim advice on things that can help. I can't believe that. You don't call your spouse or your ex-spouse and give them advice on how to parent. Does that surprise you, you yeah. that he said that? Talk to them about how to do it. You have a conversation about the best ways to do it. You don't call and give somebody advice on how to parent. It doesn't seem like he is participating in any sort of teamwork he not. He in this parenting. He calls up and yells at her and, about what she's doing wrong. Right, or yeah. he puts it out in the media, or he tweets about it, or with the whole, we all saw the whole thing with the school. I want my kids doing this. Well, that's not really advice. Why don't you talk to your ex-wife privately and come up with a plan of where you want your kids so what do to you go think to school? So what do you think he does privately? Do you think he sits Nothing. down and say, Kim, what's your opinion about this? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. If I, I mean, if that's I, who he is. If I came home and say, sweetie, I have some advice on how you can better handle the kids, she would punch me in the face. Yeah, uh, you just don't. Well, that's bad too. Like that, yeah. Let me ask well, you, why do you think joint custody? Oh, because they both said that already. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kim wants him to. You know, look, he has been a good father when he's present with the kids. He really has, and Kim has said that. So it's not that he's a bad father. He isn't. He's a good father. But look, I mean, Kanye has issues, and they're very public. And he also has a personality that. You know, you wouldn't think teamwork is the highest priority of his. No. But look, the way this divorce is going to go is 
you know, I think that's really significant that he said 80% of the time because that's about what's going right. to happen with us. Right. right. The property stuff is easy because even if he doesn't respond to it when the divorce happens, all Kim's going to do is go into court and say, Your Honor, we signed a prenup. Just enforce the right. prenup. Right. And that's, a, and that's that. There's not even going to be a dispute. He hasn't challenged the prenup. And the judge will just look at it and say, okay, this is the way it's going to go. Right. So I don't think it's going to be that complicated. But it's significant that he finally said it. And I almost think maybe he said it because he was getting pressure to deal with it because Kim wants him to deal with it. Why Kim, Why won't he engage in this process? It just it, it, Because he just mentally can't get to the fact that the divorce is yeah. over. He doesn't want the divorce. Yeah. I've seen guys like this who won't sign the papers because they think there's still like a glimmer of hope even though you're like, bro, no glimmer. Yeah. Sign. <laughs> why always guys? <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. That's, that's who I know. That's the way it works. That's, that's, I haven't seen yeah. any women do it. Really? Mm -mm. Interesting. Okay. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I love that you won't believe that. Well, because it's both. Well, I haven't seen women. Okay. Fair point. Just men I'm refusing with, I'm to with, sign. I'm with Katie on this. You never hear about the woman who won't sign. Yeah. It's always the guy. Uh, okay. Two more things. Um, we're, you choose the order. I want to do Bill Maher talking about presentism, and I want to talk about um, the University of Oregon football game. Oh, boy. Oregon, to me, is fascinating. I mean, it... Do it. So, the University of Oregon, they played against BYU up in Eugene. That's where University of Oregon yep. is, mm -hmm. right? They had a football game over the weekend. Uh, big time. Both ranked in the top 25. National televised game. Tons of fans in, in attendance. Apparently... Uh, there were the University of Oregon has now come out and issued an apology acknowledging that. Well, why don't we play it first? Oh, we have it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. this is what happened in the stands. The Mormon! The Mormon! Horrible anti religious chants coming from the Oregon fans. It's interesting, just to give it a little, not that it's context, but it's important to note, a week or two ago, BYU was, their fans were criticized for using racial epithets in a, I believe it was a, I'm going to miss it. I forgot what sporting event towards a female African-American athlete who was playing at BYU. Um, they were uh, and, and the BYU had to come out, issue apologies uh, about those about the racist chants that they were doing. Now, the o University of Oregon has sort of reduced themselves to that same level by uh, chanting F the Mormons during this football game. And it is horrible. It's we've, disgusting. We've seen horrible. this before, but. It's, it's disgusting. Yes. But it's also, you know, it, it, it's that intolerance in America yep. that, you know, I think part of it is, you know, I think that I, I think abortion in some ways has something to do with it because there's such a dividing line where religious people who are pro-life are squarely on the opposite side of people who aren't. That could be. And I do think that part of that, you know, there's a contempt. Maybe. But I also think that a lot of people who are more on the far extreme pro-life side, not all pro-life people certainly, but more far extreme, are also religiously intolerant. And I think there's a lot of religious intolerance here towards people who are very much Christians, but don't follow the same pretext. Yeah, maybe. They do. So I, I just think that it's, it's hate from that cross. But it's so life. interesting that these, I, I would assume that, uh, maybe this is a bad assumption, that University of Oregon is pretty liberal campus. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I, I would think so. And and then you hear this stuff, and it's like, you know, the hypocrisy of tolerance is just insane in this country. That be tolerant toward us, but we're not going to necessarily be tolerant toward the others. And, and on both sides. Yeah. It, it's horrible. I, about maybe 25 years ago or so, Charles Barkley, while still playing in the NBA, 
made an anti was in Utah and made you know all these Mormons right. coming up and it's it, this kind of thing towards towards Mormons is is ubiquitous. There's still they're such a they're a religious sect that for some reason people feel completely okay. Going so let me ask you stuff. real quickly, what about Book of Mormon? Which you know the do, musical the musical that fabulous it, it, uh, no I, I loved it but. I mean, it was anti-Mormon. I mean, it just made a joke of Mormons, but it was really funny. So I'm trying to figure out. Didn't it just hit on all? It made fun of all religions, though, right? It went it, after Mormons most, but yeah, the, it made fun of religion. But I remember, generally. I mean, it made fun of religion. Right. Yeah, because I it was, was sitting there with my mother, okay. and she's Catholic, and I remember yeah. some parts being like, "She okay during this?" Because it a, really made fun of all. It's okay to make fun of religion. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, because I, I love that, but I have a real problem with University of Oregon doing this. But but it's they're not making fun of anybody. They have vitriol, right? It's okay to make fun of Jews or black people or Hispanics. That's okay in a comedian's bit or on show. That's okay. You can poke fun at people all you want. That's great. This is hate. This yeah. is vitriol. This is you are lesser than me. And yeah. that's, that's different. Fair point. Okay. Last thing. Um, I, I just found Bill Maher. I mean, I, I look, you know, I love Bill Maher. I just think. Wait, he's, you do? Yeah. <laughs> but I loved what he talked about with presentism that you know, the, the concept of this is that we are now judging people by today's standards, things that people did way in the past. And, you know, I love he said, you know, that a lot of people are scoffing at George Washington because he didn't have any gay friends and <laughs> they do. And it's like if George Washington was living today, he'd have gay friends, Bill Maher said. Yeah. And so, you know, but that's kind of just making a joke of the whole thing, which he did. Um, but it is true that we are judging people with today's lens. And it's absurd. It's absurd that, you know, there are things that are abhorrent to us today that weren't abhorrent 100 years ago. and Or 10. Or 10. Yeah. Or 10. And, and yet we just, we are judging and, you know, and, and just going after people for things they did that are bad, you know, looking at today. And then, and they've probably, a lot of them have learned that lesson, yet we're still. It's a you, really slippery slope, though. What do you he, mean, really slippery? He took, he's uh, taking some heat for this. Well, I mean, the, the point, you know, he goes on, uh, about slavery, and slavery, he, he mentions, and it's true, has been around since the dawn of humanity, um, right? Human, homo sapiens go back 135,000 years. Egypt, there are Greece, slaves yeah. for 135. But, but I think it's a false equivalence to compare American slavery over the last, you know, during that 300-year period to uh, to slavery that existed back in the Roman times. I, I think that's right. Yeah. I agree with you on that. But I, I'm saying just generally, like you know, what I was thinking of, I, and I agree with you on that. But you know, I was thinking. You know, in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, um, I don't think we're going to be eating meat. I don't think we're going to be right. killing animals for meat. And we're going to look at it as barbaric Kitty that we would me. kill animals to eat. I really believe that. Well, if that's the case, think about you guys. I mean, are you going to be viewed as barbarians because you ate meat in 2022? 
that in 2042, people are saying it's disgusting, it's awful. Yeah. And I have a picture of you in I, a restaurant I hope not, on Instagram. There's lots of really, you oh. know, gnarly photos of me eating steak. No, but that's just what so, so many, bur- so many burgers. Just, but that's um, what I'm saying. It's like, there. do you want to be judged in 2042, or should you be judged in 2042, based yeah. on the fact that eating meat today is not considered barbaric by a lot of people? By some, it is. Yeah. But by There'll a, always be some of that, and you have to dismiss it to some degree and maybe accept it. But there, there are things that have never been acceptable. I mean, you know, women used to be able to hit their wives 50 years ago with impunity, right? Because they acted up, and the man got frustrated with them. Men, you mean? Men hit their wives? Did I not say You said women hit their wives 50 Oh, years well, ago. that happened, too. <laughs> men, men hit their wives 50 years ago, and we're not allowed to do that anymore. But right? you know what? There's a... <laughs> There's but, a give and take with this, right? Because, yeah, when you know better, you do better. So we should always strive to look at history and and go, OK, actually, that was that was not that was not right. Let's correct it. Let's, you know, move forward. Do we have to crucify every single person that did anything wrong and, and take away their life? No, we should afford people grace for mistakes they made. But, yeah, when you know better, you do better. So, like, let's continue. But to is, it a mista- is it a mistake in 2042? Would it be a mistake that you ate meat in 2022? Because that is the concept of presentism. I, no. I mean, is it? it's not exactly, I mean, no. It, Why? What's the difference between that and, you know, and. Between that and what? That's the thing. It's like, it depends on what we're talking about. I mean, look, about. I'm gay. And I know a lot of people that use the F word 10 years ago a lot. And I think they've learned. Right. That's actually, but I don't hate them because they did. If they've if they've evolved to the point where they understand it, I mean, I grew up where it was considered, you as, know, as it was a, it was illegal. As a, as a kid, I used the word "gay" as an as an insult to people. As yeah, a kid. On the, it was just what we said. Oh, that's gay. We didn't even mean it to be homosexual. It was just used. as No, an I know, yeah. and I know you, and I know you're not homophobic. No, nope. on a good day, no. and. <laughs> Uh, but well, but on a really good day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I, you know I don't I know I'm sure you did, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you yeah. know I know you had your days, and you probably I, sure, used sure. words. I, you know, yeah. That I mean, there were things that came before me. Like I never would have used the N word in a million years. I've never said it in my life. Use the F word. Uh, I don't know that I did. I probably, but I don't remember that. But, I, uh, but that's I, what I'm saying. But I it's, knew that was that word was a step too far. If I used it, that would that would have been a problem. I don't remember using it. But but I certainly said gay and and made assumptions about people based on stereotypes and all sorts of things like that. Absolutely, I grew up a jock. You know the the whole thing, and that's the way we talked. And I'm not apolog- I'm not justifying it in any way. And looking back, I'm a little bit horrified by it. But. It, it it just never would have occurred to me it was wrong at the time. And I think that's what you're saying, right? It was just... And, well, that's what Bill's saying, too, is who... Name one person who hasn't looked back on something they and said... And regretted it. Or worn yeah. or done that's just been horrified. Right. There, there cannot be one human being on Earth that has not looked back at something they've of said co- or done and gone, oh, my God. Of co- And he made that point. And I think... Right. And it's right. I mean, but it's also we look back using our present lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things change. So I don't know. I just... No, it's true. It's, it, it, and to, to the point you're making, it's impossible to know exactly where to draw these lines. We can all agree that slavery in 1855 was a horrible thing that's unjustifiable based on the time because there were plenty of people speaking out about it. And those people who held on to it were were awful. It divided the country. It divided the so country. So it wasn't like yeah. it was everybody accepted right. it because we had a civil war over it. Right, exactly. But 
but that said, like, how do you then, how do I say, how do I say that and then justify my use of, of gay as an insult, uh, you know, 35 years ago or whatever it was? I, 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 it's hard for me to draw those lines. It's, yeah. a, it's a hard thing to do. No, I get it. Yeah. Okie doke. We did it. See you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>